I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bump, for the weekend this. The podcast that you need to listen to. 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 The I am a real right mum now. right now, and then you're going to apologise to my mum. Yeah, do okay. it. Speakerphone. Do you want to be in the podcast? If you want, press play. Press record. Yes. Is it recording? Yeah. I feel like this has got out of hand, but I think you're alive. Mum, mum, don't worry about that. Yeah. Where was I born? What hospital? You were born in. Oh gosh. What? You know what I want to say? Whipsnade Zoo. Whipsnade Zoo, brilliant. Well, mum, <laughs> stop bringing the banter. <laughs> can, you, can you say that again, please? Sorry? Say that again. What hospital? You're born in a zoo? Which cross? Now I'm, I'm sitting with James, you know, good friend James. He's got something to say to you. Apologise. Sorry, sorry, Mrs. Flower. No, it's not. Hello. Yeah, it's Flower. She didn't change her name after the uh, divorce. All right, Mum. I'll speak to you later. Oh, hang on. What's going on? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I work in the media. These things happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bye, Mum. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> there you go. One for the weekend. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're going to get straight into it, and we were aiming to, but that just happened. So we just went with it. That um, may or may not make the edit. May or may Has not. To now. We'll see. Man City mm. or Liverpool? Leeds United. What is the biggest rivalry? Which team would you rather... Firstly, which team would you rather beat? I'd rather beat Liverpool. Why? I think it's, um, it's a different rivalry. I think Manchester City is a derby, it's a Manchester derby, but you grow up with your friends that support City. So if they win the derby, they're happy. If you win the derby, you're happy. But it's more of like a mutual respect. With Liverpool, it's a different story. I think it's more of a... You know, it's gone back in history, you know, two great teams. 
there's a lot of history between the clubs and I always remember when I was going to Old Trafford I always wanted the Liverpool game that was the game I was excited about that was where it was, it was fierce it was you know the rivalry was very strong whereas City you'd have games where one team would dominate you know other team you know I remember the City game against David Moyes and Man United the 3-1 that's one of the best City performances I've seen at Old Trafford and it was David Silva uh, with Yaya Torre and it was a really good team performance so I think with City there's more like mutual understanding your friends support City whereas Liverpool it's a bit like that's the other City over there and they're a bit well, also there's the background of of um, the two cities actually been rivals as well with the in, mm. in the industrial sense with the uh, industrial revolution yeah and that type of thing and the ship canals and, and cotton it, you know it goes back to that where there's that bit of a rivalry there <laughs> the best yeah. kind of so how was your time during the industrial <laughs> revolution yeah you see yeah, maybe not great yeah. <laughs> but the best kind of rivalries happen with something else other than football I think and that's what I think mm. I think the Man City Man United rivalry will get turn sour I think because Man City have not been near you for well weren't near you for a long long time in the league and so yeah it was a big game for you but Liverpool were there side by side I mean never really getting near the title but trying to at least in the next 10-15 years there, there's going to be moments isn't it especially when you've got Mourinho and Guardiola you know in the same game it might, it might change in a way where it was like you're saying that because those teams have become more competitive the next generation will think oh it's Man City that are the big dogs you see I've Leeds United is another one I did mention it in, in you know, a bit of a joke but they're a really big rival to Manchester United it is Leeds United City and Liverpool they're all real big you know nemesis in a way you never yeah. want to lose to that you'll be absolutely grum- you know, be angry for a few weeks but it's that sort of you know they are competitive so for me it will be Liverpool and potentially for the next generation it will be Manchester City you know what they're doing is very good the training ground the facilities getting someone like Pep Guardiola that really revolutionised your club you see what Bayern Munich how the effect of Pep We've, that's why Ancelotti got sacked because of the training methods went from being so rigid so structured so good to Carl Ancelotti taking a bit of a backward seat allowing his assistant to take training maybe it wasn't as you know, vigorous for the players you're seeing that effect still at, still at Bayern so at City it's going to be for the next 10-15 years you'll see Pep Guardiola style of football or that type of you know, performances coming out and that's where the bitterness slowly creeps in isn't it? <laughs> like the anger I throw to you Okay. Bitterness in football. I mean, it's the lifeblood of Reading rivalry. I think mean, I, mm. I don't like this mutual respect bollocks. To be honest, <laughs> I, I like pure bitter hatred. Um, you know, I, I hate Arsenal as much as I love Tottenham. In um, your body, is it like a like a good stat is soothing to Statman Dave? Is a bit of bitterness that pang of bitterness? Is that soothing to your core, Flav? I love. I feel no. I, I'm never more at home and more comfortable in a derby against Arsenal just outside the ground before going in. That's, you haven't lost yet. That's, no, that's, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but there's this thick atmosphere and it makes you feel alive. And therein probably lies the difference between me and Dave and the way we, we, we view football and there's nothing wrong with the way Dave, you know, you're interested in the finer aspects of the game. I don't understand them. <laughs> but there, there's something special around, around football as well as the game itself. And bitterness, hatred and bile are the lifeblood of that. I think the big thing, you know, you mentioned a long time, Manchester City hadn't won a trophy in 34 years, you know, it was a good song that United used to sing. Mm. But again, you know, you go back to that period, United were in the Champions League final against Barcelona, obviously they lost there. But I still remember ringing up mate and saying, you know, well done, next year we're going win to the, win the Premier League. You are too. Ooh, it's, it's that kind of... <laughs> How could you though? Because he's, he's your mate, you've grown up with him. Fair you're enough. not going to like... I think with, with, with London, for example, 
it's a, it's a bigger place. Arsenal, Tottenham, you know, Arsenal from the south, yeah, Tottenham from QPR, north, London. Yeah. You've got QPR. Yeah. It's a bit different. It's not like you grow up going to school with those guys. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and it, I mean, I went to Highbury Grove School, so I was, I was surrounded by them. And a lot constantly. of United fans, right? Uh, there, were, there probably were more than, more United fans oh, in my school than Arsenal. Absolutely. The, the big rivalry at, at school for me in Surrey was, <laughs> uh, was Arsenal Man United mm. throughout that time. More, probably more Man United fans than anyone else. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Most successful club of all time in England. Most so it's just one of those things, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so this is the One for the Weekend podcast. Uh, welcome to it. Before we get straight into it there, uh, before we gave you uh, a few bits of admin, this is um, brought to you by Fan League. We are all part of the Fan mm-hmm. League. Big group. up Fan League. Big, Big up league. Fan League indeed. Um, and we'll talk about the pressures of that maybe on, on you. Well, I'm going to get my absolutely sterling performance <laughs> last week just up on my Fan League app, which you can download right now. So, yeah, we have our own league. Um, join that league. Got some great names in there. Um, and we will yeah, we'll add you to it, actually, as well. Yeah. Anyone wants to join my league as well? Exactly, well. yeah. Um, so add, add, you add, add, add Dave as a friend and he'll yeah, uh, you join the league. Yeah, yeah. sort you out. What, what's, yeah. what's your username on it? I think it's just Statman Dave. Statman Dave. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. If you want to be in our league, uh, add me, James Alcott. Um, in, later in the podcast, we're going to talk briefly about the fact that I'm going to meet Sven Goran Eriksson tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to a party. I'm going to a party with Sven Goran Eriksson. <laughs> what a weird week. Imagine the debauchery. <laughs> oh, hopefully it's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> on my part, not on Sven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen him party. Of course, yeah. Uh, really? Incredible. Yeah, at your wedding. So that's going to be uh, very interesting. And with the, the app, there's 13 games uh, in English football that you need to try and predict and get, uh, get as many as possible. If you get a decent amount, then you can make some decent money. So at the end of it, I, I want to predict a couple of things. I want to predict, uh, what is Sven's favourite colour? What's his favourite food? And what's his favourite band? Ooh. So let that marinate for a bit. Okay. Let us know in the, in the uh, comments if you're watching on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to Bull Street yet, then do that right now. Um, and yeah, as I said, check out the app. You can also win £1,000 if you go on the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, and then download the app and invite two people. Um, so that's, that's decent money, isn't it? You might as well get involved in... I've got 29 friends. That's great. 29 friends on the Fan League app. <laughs> right, good. Just say that. Yeah. Not 29 friends in general. <laughs> Is it my time to tell you how I did last week? Go on, mate. I've got guess. four out of 13. I got four out of thirteen. Four. <laughs> that's like, that's almost <laughs> impressive. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost impressive. It's, totally, it's unbelievable. I got Man United at home, banker, mm. uh, and then Villa at home, and and Burton. It's, like I'm terrible. <laughs> you are bad. Man. Really bad. You've been bad so far. Actually, DT's been very good. He's got yeah, the highest average. Sickening. Um, Sven's average is eight point three out of thirteen. So. Mine is seven point nine. Yours is eight. So I'm doing all right. Are doing you okay? Yeah, um, is there pressure when you step into this kind of arena where you've got to predict things? It's a little bit, yeah, I think so. Because I obviously pretend that I know stuff, so it means that I've got to perform. But I think mm. I've done all right. Kept it reasonable. Like, you know, there's, there's room for improvement. It's the games like, you know, Burnley versus Everton, where I should have gone with the, the Burnley win, of course. And yeah. I didn't. Um, I thought Everton would, would pull it together against Burnley. I thought centrally they'd do all right, but it's the same old Not problem for... Because it's a shambles down there. It is a shambles, and it's something that's quite interesting. A lot of people remember being like, oh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, what a signing. Um, Pickford, what a signing. Michael Keane, what a signing. But if you look at the signings, they're not good signings. 
They're not right now. I don't think they're going to be good signings full stop. Well, they're, I think they're, they're players that probably wouldn't get in any of the teams above them, and that's ultimately what they have to do. Spurs managed to find a way into the top six by taking punts on very, very good prospects. But they also signed players that could play in wide positions, which Everton just haven't done. Mm. I think the other thing with Everton, they've gone from having um, you know Tim Howard, who was a very reliable Premier League goalkeeper, to not having a reliable goalkeeper for season after season after season. And now they've signed a young goalkeeper. If you want a reliable goalkeeper, you don't go young, you go old. You go someone with a bit of experience, a bit of age. Jordan Pickford has a number of technical issues. I think one of the problems is him, he can't Everyone hold on to Everyone's been raving balls. about him though, haven't they? So I think the big thing with Pickford is he's a very, very good keeper and he will be a very good keeper. But there's little things like, for example, making a save and it going out of the penalty area. That's a big thing for keepers, especially at the top. See David De Gea now, he's moved from being a keeper that was very poor at the start, that couldn't get out of the penalty area when he was parrying, to then taking out of the penalty area with his parry. Now he just catches it. Mm. And it's, going, it's that transition of a keeper that it takes time. And having someone that's 21 years old and expecting him to be, right now, the best thing since sliced bread, look at the likes of Jack Butland, how long it took him to get adjusted. Fraser Forster, two English keepers. It takes him a while. Fraser Forster still has some technical issues. Jack Butland is, should be England number one by a country mile. Mm. Um, I, you know, still don't understand why Joe Hart's there. But the thing with him, Pickford, it's going to take time and throwing all that money a keeper that's not bang straight in your first team that's going to massively perform and keep you like you know clean sheets win your points and that thing for me is a waste of money he's good isn't he he is good isn't he um well, well, so just well how, yeah but how good how good <laughs> how good is he so, <laughs> be we'll ready that a bit later. if you like a quiz then stick with us because we are going to Flav go on take it away tell them what at any point there could be a trivia ambush do you know what this is Jim what is that this is top of the league football trivia <laughs> set, to <laughs> me and you yeah. but to that man Dave it's the end of his career it's, I say this game over this is truth serum uh oh alright yeah so just think of this as a test okay alright you might come up when you're on your own videos yeah. you've got editorial control we have yeah. the editorial <laughs> control here yeah alright so at any point uh, if you get too big for your boots if, if that man Dave winds me up <laughs> with some sort of sense yeah. or stats or something that means makes me feel inferior mm. I'm going to hit him with you, a question you're going you're gonna to drop a trivia bomb on him what, what type of trivia is that? that's for you to find out yeah, that well, man Dave talking like what grounds are we'll ask the questions here Dave <laughs> <laughs> it's you just not talking like the, you know, the top score in Europe's top five leagues this season what are we talking? Look, we're, we're not talking about that don't worry about that you'll find out soon enough so we've also got Universal Footballing Truths um, and we've got Soldiers Lost in Battle. Great advertising. <laughs> well, that's fine. I don't, I'm not going to problem with that. Um, but the big game, of course, is Liverpool versus Man United. Yes, it is. And uh, it would be silly for us not to preview that in depth because it's, it's two years since Klopp arrived um, and, it's, and Mourinho's in his second season. We're at a point now where both teams... Well... Man United certainly need to start delivering. And there are massively high expectations when it comes to Man United, and it's been a great start. You're struggling with that paper, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe keep it away from the mic. There's some uh, brandy in that coffee. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, and Klopp, for the first time, there's a little, there's a tiny bit, tiny, tiny bit of pressure on him. So the news that Mane's not going to play this game and he's going to miss six weeks, when he's, we saw last season, they won one game in seven when he was at the African Cup of Nations. How annoyingly <laughs> shit is that injury to, to Liverpool when you're coming into this game? Because it feels like it feels like a huge, huge, huge game for both teams. Man United, I don't think, have been tested truly mm. in the league yet, and this is, this will be the first chance for that. And for Liverpool, it's been a poor start. I think Sadio Mane is a big player for Liverpool, as you mentioned. I think Coutinho was the only player who was directly involved in more goals last season. But I think what it gives them is that pressure and the pace and the, the agility and 
He's, he's a creator and the thing that I thought was good for him this season was how he was switching with Firmino. Firmino's form's been pretty poor last four games, not scored a goal, not registered an assist and he's playing as a striker. That's not great. He's not really contributing in an attacking sense. His mm. form looks a bit shot. But what he was doing with Mane was he was switching the positions. You think of some of the goals that they scored where one of them would go in behind and they'd combine. I think there was a chip that Firmino may have scored that came through a move where Sadio Mane yeah, ran in behind. Yeah, first game. Like. And I think the big thing there is if you've got two players that are running behind, you've got Salah on one wing, Mane on the other, it opens up more space for Firmino and Coutinho to, to play make. Yeah. And that's a big thing with this Liverpool system. I think they're really poor out the back when they're building up the play. But when they get it into that final third to Coutinho, between the lines or Firmino between the lines and they've got that option to, to look ahead to Mane or, or Salah that's, there's a lot of variation in that attack and I think it's a big it's a big problem for them it's not a big problem I think there's players that can come in but obviously they'd want him there yeah, 2.2 goals they got uh, they score on average when he's playing 1.6 without him mm. is he a bigger loss than Coutinho was in those first few games or is it a case of if you really want to be way too good for teams because we see this in the Premier League every week now that, that teams are very organised in terms mm. of, and you've seen that with Liverpool they've struggled to, they've had so many shots they've dominated pretty much every game they've played haven't been able to finish teams off is that because they are able to have a bit more shape and structure because Salah and Coutinho is great but having three is it's too much then for you to kind of deal with all three of them I think that's a, that's a very good point. I think the big thing with Liverpool, as I mentioned, their build-up's very poor. Yeah, they've had loads of possession. Yeah, they've had loads of shots. But the position of these shots, the chances they're creating is very, very poor. And for me, it all comes back to Dejan Lovren at the back. I think Dejan Lovren is very, very poor on his left side. And he's playing as a left centre half for Liverpool. He's been playing on painkillers as well for, for a little while now. He's saying that he's like getting through games and a real, mm. real struggle for them. So, What's wrong with him? I think I mean it's all sorts of things. It's his back. I think it's I don't know. But he, he basically came out and saying, "Look, I need to do this right now to keep to keep playing." But it's not going. You're not going to play as well as you want if you if you. A lot, if your body doesn't feel right because you know the whole aim of painkillers is that you're not going to actually make it any better. No, afterwards. Yeah. you're going to feel worse, and there's that negative cycle with that. It's going to make it difficult. A lot's been said about uh, Liverpool's defensive problems. Mm. Um, obviously, they conceded lots of goals, five uh, against Man City, and they they only. Had, Ten men in that. That said, you still shouldn't be conceding no. five goals, no matter who you're playing against. What is it about individual error, or is it more something more concerning than that? Is it about Klopp's tactics? Yeah, or? I think it, I think it's systematic. I think it's a systematic problem at the moment for Liverpool. I think you know something that I showed you before. It's it's to do with them in central midfield. They're not very aggressive anymore. When they're Klopp, running less, aren't they? They're running less, but you know, this running stats are interesting. It does tell that factor. They're just not pressing anymore. They're not yeah. gagging pressing, they're not counter pressing, which means that teams, when they win the ball in the middle of the park, basically are playing against this high line and it's so easy to play a ball in behind. So, you know, the example Jamie Vardy against um, Liverpool, the 3 2, that Vardy won a penalty, could have been 3 3. They also had a goal in that game, Leicester City, that was ruled offside, that was actually onside, Okazaki at the back post that poked it in. But anyway, back to that Jamie Vardy move, you see. Um, Andy King received the ball win it back off Mo Salah three Leicester City players go towards Mo Salah there's no support to him he loses the ball then there's no support on the press there's so much space and he plays a lovely ball outside the boot behind the defence goal time well penalty they didn't score off that go to the Newcastle game you watch it just before the international break same thing happened yeah, John Joe yeah. Shelby won the ball in central midfield nobody pressurised him and he played a, just a simple ball through the middle Not of the even a, that wasn't even a diagonal ball that was literally that was just one ball, ball over the top it was, it was a nice ball it was a nice but he, had, he had acres to hit he had acres to hit it in time uh, so are you saying that Klopp's abandoned the, the game in press I think it's Adam Lallana honestly I think yeah. Adam Lallana is so important to this, this press 
you kind of saw that a little bit with Shinji Kagawa at Dortmund, you saw that with Mario Goethe. These midfielders that work quite hard, and Adam Lana was that. Adam Lana was the tempo setter, arguably was playing maybe ahead of the, the two other central midfielders. Now we're seeing maybe two and then one behind. And I think that's one of the components that without Lalana, there's no trigger. Without Mane, there's that's no it. trigger. He's, he's the captain in that of that press, yeah. if you know what I mean. He's got the intelligence to go, now we go. And and that's 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 a great point that not mm. having him around people people almost laugh at that because I mean we like to laugh at English footballers but he he is a huge huge thing for them and last year they were so good in that and I guess if you might be ready to run as much because those stats do, yeah. sh- do show that but if you're not going to all go in one go then it's pointless right that's the, that's the big thing isn't it it's, it's like the, the five second rule whatever Klopp's second rule or whatever it is until they transition back into their defensive structure the press needs to be there mm. and those goals as well as the one against the Manchester City one the Aguero opening goal same thing watch that back again central midfield ball goes out City win it Kevin De Bruyne just sits there and plays it you want to give Kevin De Bruyne a space in central midfield you're mad <laughs> Jordan Henderson's position's poor Emre Chan's position's poor and arguably what Klopp needs to do the four three three works because he transitioned from the four two three one that was failing at Dortmund. Now he needs to go back to that four two three one. You know, think of the Spurs, how well they've pressed in that system, how well Dortmund pressed in that system. The reason why Lallana was so good was because he was playing ahead. Yeah. You know, Wijnaldum is absolutely rubbish. I don't know what he does on the pitch, honestly. When you watch him, sorry, Dave, I'm gonna have to stop you there because he's one of my favourite players. <laughs> Who is the only person to have scored in the Merseyside, Manchester, and Glasgow derbies? Uh, Danny Mills? Nope. Merseyside, play... Manchester, um, and Glasgow. Andre Kanchelski? Kanchelski. Kanchelski. Your player. He's a Man United player. He doesn't know his right name. Right. Carry, on. Carry on. Questionable. Questionable. He seems to know his stuff, but not when it comes to the trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got it right. In the end. In the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice, nice ambush there. Yeah. Nice gag and press. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With your trivia there. That's good. Um, the opposite can be... Let's finish off with Liverpool. Mm. So, what do they do to who plays and who plays where? Who plays on that left hand side if you haven't got Mane and you haven't got Lalana? I think it's got to be Coutinho. I think Coutinho is probably going to be pushed out to that left wing. They go with Chan, uh, Wan Aldum, and Henderson in midfield. Again, that midfield is so strange. What, the positions <laughs> that they pick up, I don't understand it. Sometimes you'll see Henderson ahead of them, sometimes Henderson's behind, sometimes they're literally sat as like 1 1 1 in a flat plane. Again, you'll know with Spurs that. The big thing with Pochettino is a zonal, zonal organisation and attack. Never be on the same plane as an, as an attacker because you're offering so, your team. So people don't understand what you mean by plane. So, so for example... It takes you from one place to another. Right. So, for example, you have a defensive midfielder that's sat in the middle. Oh. And you've got two players ahead of him. They're not in the same plane because they're not... Not in the same line. Not in the same line yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. What you've seen with Liverpool sometimes is literally Henderson... Sat, let's say he's on the centre circle then directly towards the goal you'll see another player then another player Right. and the issue there is there's no passing options but isn't that if, if that's your starting point does that give you the, the in between the lines pockets to go into so that's their finishing point Right. that's the problem I see they're not in good positions to recycle the ball and if you want to do it for a first time pass then they need to be there already otherwise yeah, it's going to be too slow a phase of play you want to break the lines that's what you want to yeah. do in football you want to get into the, you want Coutinho to break to be the guy receiving the ball in between the lines or you want Emery Chan maybe there. I think he's, he's a good player he will be a good player just inconsistent but at the moment they're, they're so flat they're so yeah. central in a way there's just no option for them to play and I think that they can't build out the back because of Lovren's weakness on that left foot so you're not better off having someone like uh, Chamberlain playing out wide be it on left or right to allow Coutinho to stay in between those lines because what you're going to have with Man yeah. United this weekend is 
I would presume they will defend deep yeah. that's what they do well against a big team I think it's a big thing it's going to be a big battle I think between the two midfields you know United would have dominated if Pogba and Fellaini were fit I think playing a midfield of Pogba, Fellaini and Manu Matic against Liverpool that's too much power there's too much yeah. pace there's too much ability just to sit and be like come on break us down you're going to be able to get through Mara and Fellaini mm. I think the thing with Coutinho is really good at when he's on the half turn and he can spin you and then he's at you back four again and again with Ander Herrera in there Sometimes he's a little bit giddy when he's in those positions, and instead of holding and making Coutinho make a decision, he'll go. Coutinho will spin him, and then he'll have a decision where he hasn't got a man on him. And it's this that I suppose thought was quite good, especially if they're going to play Man United, you're going to defend quite deep, so it's going to mm. be important. You're not going to get in behind them. Yeah. Philip Coutinho scored 17 goals from outside the box in the Premier League, it's three more than any other player since he, since he, his debut in 2013. That we know him for that, don't we? He's yeah. Sort of edge of the box, just yeah. putting in the top corner. So to play him. I guess that maybe if you start him out on the left, then he can move in and do that. But I wonder if you, you're better off kind of finding a way to get him in a bit more of a central area. I don't know. I think you, just, yeah, you need to just be aware of what he's going to do. I think, you know, in terms of him scoring the most goals, yeah, but he takes a lot of shots from outside the area. He wastes yeah. quite a lot of possession doing that. I think this season, well, in the last four games since his injury, I think he's had something like um, 19 shots and scored three goals. Mm. It's not the greatest conversion rate. I mean, if you as a Liverpool fan... And my feeling here is that there may be a little bit of bias coming through. Mm-hmm. Is that true at all? Between Liverpool? No, between your opinions of Liverpool. No, I you think... You are absolutely crucifying them here. I think there's, there's issues. I think so, uh, Salah would be, is going to be the guy where I'm like, that's the danger. Yeah, That's where on that left-hand side, you, you go with Ashley Young, not a natural defender. Ashley Young's been so good going forward, so good at providing that width in the final third. You think of the goal against Basel that Lukaku scored, mm. Southampton. He's just been getting forward and crossing. Do... Do Man United fans? Uh, sorry, if Man United, fan, uh, sorry, if Man United played Liverpool in this game and play like they did this time last year, how will Man United and and get a draw? How will Man United fans respond to that? Because that, as much as that is effective, it's not the Man United way. It is the United way. This is the thing. It is the United way. It's not the United. We beat way, Arsenal surely. with. Um, no, no, no. That's Mourinho under. That's United under Mourinho. So this is so this is my point, right? So Ferguson, right? Raphael, Fabio, John O'Shea and Darren Fletcher Beat Arsenal 2-0 Great game, great performance in midfield Why is Mourinho now getting slated for doing the same thing? I think I guess because Ferguson had You can't, you couldn't criticise Ferguson There were still moments where you Over a long period of time I guess I mean maybe do look at it with rotating glasses But there were games where Man United would absolutely blitz teams as well Most important game in their history in the last well, in the whole of Ferguson's reign for me was that semi-final against Barcelona in the Champions League at home what did United do? they sat deep they defended in a 4-4-1-1 and Paul Scholes scored a wonder goal I think this maybe, is the big yeah, thing maybe. people people go back and United are wonderful on the break you know why did Ronaldo score that great goal against Arsenal why did Rooney score that great goal because they're sitting deep and they can't attack it it's well, not changed it's how I guess a manager who can adapt and show a certain type of tactical awareness depending on their opposition is ultimately a good manager mm. if he knows the limitations of his side there's nothing wrong with being a little bit more. That doesn't make you a little bit pragmatic. Well, what? Why? Can I give you an example where yeah. Spurs played so defensive against Dortmund exactly. at Wembley because they we they we knew hmm. that they would carve us to pieces because we're so deep. They played brilliantly well around the pitch, hmm. even created a few chances. But they their 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 line was so high that every single time we broke, we looked like we were going to score. 
So while it, they look dangerous... You've got them, space, haven't you? Yeah, and, and it just so happened that we were very effective going forward. Uh, it looked like we played really well, but on other, other games we wouldn't have been, but we've still been as pragmatic in defence. Maybe that's just the... Uh, I mean, I was going to say that was a constant that's, evolution of football, but maybe it's not if Fergie's been doing the same thing. Well, the amount of money you spent... You're not allowed to play like that. But the thing with that, that is that the money thing is like, why does that even matter anymore? <laughs> that surely shouldn't be in the conversation because money now is just about player acquisition. So it's not about how much you spend this if you get the player or not. If the player fits the system, if the player's a success. That sounds like you're coming from a rich club. Mm, yeah, that's rich club. Little QPR yeah, yeah. can't spend anything. Yeah, we don't then, have that money. Then QPR spent loads when they were in the Premier League and got relegated, right? You spent loads on like Rio Ferdinand. You made some bad financial mistakes. Yes, yeah, sorry. If you hadn't, if you hadn't, <laughs> if you hadn't signed those players, right? And you'd you'd used your money better before we before we jump in it. If you'd used my your, podcast, if you'd though. used your player acquisition better and you got players. Could have got you know someone like Mares would have been on the market over at Le Havre. Mm-hmm. Kante would have been over in over in France. If you'd acquired better players, yeah. no matter what the fee, you would have stayed up. He's got a point, just about. But if you've got more money, then you can buy better things. Mm. That's a fact. And Man United have a hell that, of a lot of money. One, that's one point. But also, you see with Southampton how well they've done recently by signing players, getting them, then selling them. And then, you know, the teams that have bought them look very silly. They've worked think, very, very hard to do that. I get that. So why but, at the, but at the top level. It, it comes to a point of the scouting's not that not as difficult. Okay, for example, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Eric Bailly, they were that was thirty mil and twenty four mil, two of our best players we've signed in the last five years, I'd say. Yeah, at not, the time, not, at the time, a lot of money. Not yeah, but well, at the time compared to seventy five million or hundred million or Neymar hundred eighty million. That's a year on though, isn't it? It's a different market. Same market. It's a different market. Exactly. It's a year market. on. Yeah, but it's still there's, there's still money going around for players. I think that, I think I think with football, the Bale transfer or the Ronaldo transfer from then on, that's the flat fee. When you when you if you go back and you look at any player that's moved as a big player since that day, they'll be for plus seventy mil. Gonzalo, Gonzalo Higuain to Juve, you know anyone yeah. that's big, Pogba to United. The Pogba one is looking like that is looking that is looking good. All that said, aside from <laughs> goalkeepers, which two England captains since nineteen sixty six never scored for their country? Was too, say that really you never again. get that one. That's not even fair. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, let's know in the comments. Who joined Liverpool from Celtic in 1977 for 400,000? Should get this. And 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 fitting for uh, Liverpool versus Man United. Kenny Darbleish. Correct. Well done. Well done. Uh, Man United does know everything. Does about seem football. to know a lot. Uh, let's move on from uh, Man United versus Liverpool. Uh, put your score predictions in the comments if you're watching on YouTube, and let's know if you. Agree with Dave about the the money aspect of it all. And we need to change people's opinions on football first. first and Mourinho being well. defensive. I think that's really interesting. And, and also with player acquisition. I think player yeah. acquisition is closer to NBA than actually football these days. Can I can I ask just one quick question before we move on? Thank you, mate. Um, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very good. Uh, I, um, do, 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 you're obviously you watch football in a certain way and you understand mm. the game on a tactical level that most fans don't. Um, I certainly don't. I'm, it's actually quite fascinating listening to you talking about planes, and because it makes sense right now that you've said it. Um, but does it, does it destroy your enjoyment somewhat when watching? Like when you see you see Man United players out of space, and well, I don't see it. I don't know they're doing something wrong, but you see it and go, "What the fuck is he doing?" Look at it this way. So you know, uh, lucky enough to work in football, I think that's that's great as it is. Yeah, I get to watch football, and that's my job. I get yeah. to watch like Atletico Madrid. I get to go to like what the San Mamés and watch Bill Balbus. Atletico Stop come back, off. come back and go. Okay, Atletico this season look really good tactically. You know, back in the day, I was a football fan that followed United around Europe. I went away to the Super Cup 
to watch United versus Zenit. Went been away to AC Milan to watch to, when Ronaldinho played, David Beckham played. Um, been to Glasgow twice. Been Leeds United away. I'm a football fan before anything. Yeah, yeah. it's different. I'll give you that, you know, around a game at United, I used to go down and drink like four or five beers, have a sing-song, have a great time. But now, because I have the opportunity to work in football, I have to take it in a professional manner. Mm. I can't now go and have ten pints and then give a decent analysis on a game. So it's kind of that different thing where if there's, there's opportunity. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Opportunity to, for one game a season, two games a season, like the... So the League Cup last year, had a few drinks before the game, had a really good time. You yeah. can always go back to that. Yeah, yeah. So for me, if I get to work in football for an extended amount of time, that's fine, because I can always go back to go to the pub with my mates and go and watch United. No, I, no, I get that, but on, on, I, and I completely appreciate that. But the, I'm talking about on a tactical level when you're looking and you can see teams that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's even more exciting. I, really. do you know what? Yeah, it's even more interesting. Yeah, because... Well, I guess there's different ways of different ways of liking football. Do you love it for the moment? You know, the moment that ball crosses the line, you get to go mad. Still and that's that even moment. better when you're drunk. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also being like the curiosity of football and getting figuring out having a few more answers mm. must be quite nice as well. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's not there. Sometimes you you know, you watch something three times and you're still like, you know, why has that happened? Then yeah. you watch it anyway. But this I think is, that's almost a good thing too, isn't it? Mm. Because that means you can still have a bit of magic. It can still yeah, be yeah. like, and then anything can still happen in football too. And, and obviously, one of the, 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 the kind of the, the thing that strikes the line through all of that is just a, a kind of wonder strike, where it's just like a thunder bastard. A thunder buzz. Like, so, like, I think it goes back to like maybe two seasons ago when it was like February time, and like, I was watching so much football. I was like, oh my god, I'm so I'm actually getting sick of football. Mm. And then like, I'm making dinner and I sit down, and Lewandowski scores five goals in like. 10 minutes that's like, right yeah. wow yeah. or like for example last year PSG Barcelona you're like yeah, watching that second game. leg you're like wow yeah. or you're watching the, the Monaco City game which I reckon was the best game last season both of the both of the whole tie was probably my favourite two 90 minutes of football mm. wow, that's a really good game of football so there's even though there, there's this other side where it's like looking at it and analysing it you still get the enjoyment I'm not like yeah, sitting there being like this is really yeah, rubbish it's not yeah. by numbers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and there also there are that's a great example PSG Barcelona there are intangibles that 
created their tactical flaws because exactly. they shat themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, because they were like, oh, we're not going to throw this away, are we? Are we? Well, we are, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, it's happening. The ball gets sucked into the goal. Yeah. So with That's that as great. well, that takes a real, like a psychological side to it. Mm. That's not really tactical. What happened? No. It was tactical in the sense that Barcelona built a really good platform to play out of. Playing the three at the back and Tafort and Titi was great that night. But at the same time, that was just, that was mentally crumbling. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. being really, really weak. Even when they scored the goal, like what, you know, management and I, Emery, who's a really good manager, why didn't he change something? Why didn't he go five at the back? Mm. Why not? He's got a lead in the Champions League, what was it, quarter final, mm. last 16, whichever, whichever one it was. Yeah, it's one of these things where it's like a, you know, football isn't just about kicking a ball into a net. There's all these other factors yeah. that pull things around. I think that's why it's interesting. It's almost like a science, I think, and that's probably why I'm around in a way. You went at science at school? All right, at science. Yeah. But I think, again, going back to the career wise, would I rather be looking at spreadsheets and like making loads of money in banking or I'd rather be working in football? One of them's decent, but I really don't care about it. And the other one's like, you know, I actually care about yeah, this as yeah. a passion point, so I'd rather do that. Absolutely. Any advice to people, Paul's follow your dreams. Uh, other games this weekend, we're going to talk about just two more. Uh, oh, actually, we'll talk about a few actually before we get into Universal Football Truths. And the soldiers lost in battle. Another tough week for a lot of people out there, um, which we'll be going through. Um, let's go Palace first. Six to four to stay up. Do you think it's not good enough odds? We've well, right lost now. seven on the bounce. Seven on the bounce. scored a goal. Two wins away from getting out of that. Will they score Hodgson, a goal? Have you seen any kind of improvement in Palace in the two games? It's very difficult to say. Three games, sorry. Because it's difficult to say because they've played United and Man City and they look a mess. They're near the end of that horrible road of those three games with yeah. Chelsea this weekend. You would expect the same thing to happen. A goal would almost be a triumph for them. <laughs> but in the long run, do you think that's there? Yes. I honestly I do. do too. I honestly think Roy Hodgson will eventually build a system that's difficult to break down. I think the thing that Roy Hodgson's got is that Sam Allardyce was manager last season and their principles are very similar. Yeah, that's true. And the problem with the ball was you're going from one principle to the other. You're basically on the scale of you know, defensive... Uh, aggressive long ball football to Ronald De Boer, who's like basically Louis Van Gaal reincarnated in terms of his style mm. and how stylistically they play. And I think that's kind of the problem with Palace. You know, the th- I think the thing with Palace as well is they'll get halfway through the year, the things that De Boer has tried to go through with them and teach them, they'll click and they'll start. I reckon they'll score a goal this season that will be like a twenty pass move. <laughs> I know he's stopping there. I think they'll score a goal this season. <laughs> and, and I think I really think it'll be it'll be interesting to see them get structured because Roy Hodgson isn't a bad manager. I agree. It isn't <laughs> a bad manager. But I think what he can't manage is egos. He needs people to believe in what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. You read anything about Clint Dempsey or any of the guys that were at Fulham when they got to the uh, Europa League final, it was a collective. Yeah. England oh, well, they need to almost need collective. to be lost enough to go. Tell me what to do, yeah. and that's what that's the situation at Palace right now. Yeah. So you're only breaking them down. I don't think he's going to try and break them down. I think he has one way of doing it, doesn't yeah. he? No, and, it, but it is it, it it will get you to a certain level with mediocre players. He's essentially breaking. He's forcing them to leave, lose, so they become weaker. So then he can pick them up and say, "Look, I love you. Yeah. I'm going to take care of and you." And what he'll do with Maybe. that is he'll put them into a four-four-two, and it will drill them <laughs> in a four-four-two. And every single training session, I think it was um, might have been Danny Murphy talking about it. Was talking about his training sessions where it was so so boring. Yeah. But after a while, they started playing and they started winning because they were drilled great so point. well. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. You look at the four-four-two. Four of the teams of the Champions League. Uh, semi-finals played a four-four-two. Yeah, Rails was a diamond, but it was still a four-four-two. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Like the four-four-two, it's a great, great system. I think it, it gives you a lot in a goal-scoring 
um, situation. I, I think ultimately it's a counter-attacking system. And why was it abandoned? Just briefly. <laughs> uh, briefly because Mourinho brought an extra central midfielder in and everyone switched to that system because it was it worked like we're seeing Conte 3-4-3 why a lot of teams are playing through at the back because yeah. teams get successful with the system people copy it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, so the 4-4-2 went out because they, were, they, they lost control of central midfield mm. and the central midfielders in a 4-4-2 were quite simple in what they did back in the day and they, they now have evolved yeah in a way fascinating um, personal jinx Spurs to win at Wembley I don't know what that means personal jinx everyone knows what that means isn't it? if you say the same word at the same time did if I say personal jinx you're not allowed to talk to us say your name three times okay. flap 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 so you can play because the podcast would be detrimental <laughs> uh, Spurs to win a game at Wembley they've got Bournemouth second bottom they've got four points um, one very quick thing I wanted to talk about was Trippier who I think yeah. is uh, an interesting player. Mm. A player I saw a few years ago, we were talking about it earlier today, I saw him at Burnley QPR when Burnley went up uh, in the championship and it's very rare that I'm like, wow, because like, I'm looking at my guys, I'm looking at QPR and how we're playing, but I remember thinking, he's great and his crossing ability in particular was just superb, which is something I, I don't think is a skill that is underperformed regularly by, by a lot of players because there's that... That focus on on speed and things like that. Um, six of Trippier's nine Premier League assists for Spurs have been for Kane. All of them coming away from home. That's, That's prob- that probably the case for all of our players as well. All, most of their assists come possibly, from but I have seen. I do keep seeing that cross from Trippier and then Kane putting it in. Mm-hmm. That's a massive weapon for for them this this year. Don't I you think think? It, what do you think about it, Trippier? I think Trippier's a good player. I think he's limited, but he's good. He does one thing, like you're saying, gets the near the final third and he crosses. I think the thing with Carl Walker is he could do both. Carl Walker could hit the byline and he could cross from deep. He could track back. Could he cross? He wasn't anywhere as good, anywhere near as good as Trippier, but he yeah, was. He was good enough. It, yeah, he was good enough. It was different. Yeah. I think. it was a different byline, and you're pulling. It yeah, back, I think that's a big thing, and I think that suited Spurs a bit more, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think I don't think Trippier is done in in that team because he's a better player than Walker or got no. not at the yeah. end. It's due to his attitude. I think Pochettino has got a record and saying I love Davies and I love Trippier because they fought their way into that team. Mm. Even though he doesn't really suit, suit Pochettino's system. He, last year, he registered zero successful take-ons. Mm. He didn't go, didn't go past the player once. I somehow like that. Uh, <laughs> but in the same, same way that Beckham, he, he knows his limitations. Yeah. He's not going to learn something or, or try and become... Something Do what you're good at, yeah. yeah he's tr- trying to become, uh, trained on something that he's only ever going to be mediocre at. So he knows he's not going to get past people, so that's why he's so good mm. at crossing. He's learned that skill. Um, obviously, as we've seen as Aurier's come in, um, he's much more like Walker was, yeah. and, uh, and Trippier's found his way back on the bench. But I, you know, I like him. I like the fact that he, he doesn't complain. He gets on with it. But his effectiveness isn't as good as uh, as Walker's or Aurier's. On a very slightly broader point from Trippier, is this a hoodoo, a Wembley hoodoo, or a Wembley curse? Let's figure that out right now. Let's know in the comments. If this is a hoodoo or a curse. I've got the definition of both. Okay. Let's decide it right now. And we can move forward. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if it's a hoodoo, a hoodoo is a personal thing that brings or causes bad luck. Okay? I mean, so Wembley is causing bad luck. A curse is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. I mean, both is of this... those feel right. Right. Because someone's done that. Who's, if it is a curse, who's creating this curse? Who's put that curse on? Who's been uttering? I mean, it's got to be an Arsenal fan, absolutely. They can't just let us get on with it. Yeah. You know, can't, let's beat Tottenham on the pitch. They've got, to, they've got to try and master the dark arts. 
Who played the last? Who won the last game at Wembley last season? Competitive. Who won the last game. Oh my god! Arsenal. It's all making sense. Arsenal. It's Arsenal. So what Arsenal did after that cup final? They did something. They've done something, haven't they? Wenger's, uh, Wenger's had a wee in each corner, hasn't he? Or is Mustafi. Do you think it's Mustafi? What's he at? <laughs> yeah. Who's most likely at the Arsenal team? <laughs> Mustafi. To put a curse on his face. He looks the type. Uh, is it not? Yeah, it's not Walcott or Wilshire. Walcott be on that. But Walcott's a bit too straight-laced yeah, to be yeah. putting curse on uh, his And Wilshire can't read. So, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be him. Yeah. Mustafi. I'm going for Mustafi. Mustafi and is it a curse or is it hoodoo? Um, it could be both of those things. Because uh, a hoodoo can be, it feels like it can be broken. The curse is a lot harder to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. I, <laughs> the fucking, let's move on. It doesn't matter. I'm Jeez, going, I'm, hoodoo feels better. What? Hoodoo, fine. Thank you. Uh, it's the Brian Clough Trophy this weekend. Hey. Derby versus Nottingham Forest. Um, two incredibly mid-table teams. Incredibly mid-table, but not not a lot is made of that rivalry outside of um, they do proper hate each other. Like, like hate. Mate's a Derby fan, he's like he hates how Forest are like they're history FC, yeah. always going on about the European Cups that they won, um, and often, so often, I swear I, I see the Derby uh, Forest game, and it's and it's a manager's first game or it's their last game because someone's just got like they need to be ready for that derby it's a big game they really really do hate each other mm. what I found interesting was that I love that two mid-table teams playing for a trophy in the middle of the season yeah they've made <laughs> the up 13th a trophy game of the season whatever it is but I like that I like the fact that there's set traditions there's, there's, there's things mm. that don't have any relevance to football yeah. at all but there's creating a tradition that's important to fans is there a trophy and is it the urn of Brian Clough I don't think it is the urn of Brian Clough <laughs> so um, Brian Clough comes to live with us for a, yeah. for a year well, that might be quite nice might not it yeah. um, I was thinking are there other trophies for different rivalries because there's a quite a, there's a criteria here with Brian Clough loved by both sets of fans yeah. completely adored by both sets of fans mm. so I've got a couple here but it'd be interesting to know again in the comments or you can tweet us at Ball Street um, who would be the player for the trophy for the rivalry that you have so they've got to have played for Basically, so for yeah, example, Arsenal versus Spurs. Would, so it could would, be. No, it could be. I know what you're going to say. Sol Campbell Trophy would not be Sol Campbell Trophy, <laughs> obviously. Um, who, what would, Rowan Ricketts Trophy? <laughs> uh, Closer, we're getting there. Uh, but maybe the Pat uh, Jennings, Billy Gallas, Billy Gallas Trophy. Billy Gallas, yeah, Billy uh, Gallas. I, I would don't know him as well as you. I would say uh, uh, the Pat, uh, Pat, Pat Jennings, Jennings is, is definitely one because he was released by Tottenham, considered to be past it. Taken on by Arsenal and played for about eight years for them, really? but then came back to us. So, <laughs> wow! Well, no, he didn't come back as a player, as a like a, and and as a as a coach. Right, I was thinking. Uh, hands like absolute shovels. Mm. Still, do you I like about players from the seventies that they keep the same hair? Certain people keep the same haircut. Pat if it James works, it like, works. Yeah, it does Jerry Francis? It doesn't. If you're watching. <laughs> Just whip it off. Clever like, work, Jerry. How has someone not gone just whilst he's asleep gone, got rid yeah. of it? Um, this so what, week, Wolves what? versus Villa. Jolien Lescott, trophy. Yeah. Not sure he's overly loved by uh, Aston Villa. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be... Actually, I might get a Wolves wrong. I'm pretty sure I saw him in the Wolves with Daly and Atkinson. Did yeah. Did for Wolves? Yeah, I think he did, you know. I'm pretty sure I he did. I think he did. Uh, Stephen Froggart as well, an option there. So <laughs> if you're looking for him as a trophy. Yeah. Uh, Man United versus Liverpool, the Paul Lynch trophy. Yeah. Adored pretty by tasty. both. No. I don't, uh, Do many fans like him? I don't think he's you know in the same bracket as any yeah. of the greats. What about Dennis Law for Man City versus United? That's a good one. Uh, that is a good Dennis, Dennis Law, Law trophy. Yeah, that, that sounds nice. nice. That's nice. Nice. That's Very good. nice. Soul Campbell trophy. Sorry, I said that already. <laughs> uh, the Ray Wilkins trophy or the Gavin Peacock trophy. There's a lot for Chelsea QPR. Well, hang on, no, it's QPR Brentford's the proper rivalry, isn't it? No, Chelsea QPR. Okay, that would be the Standbox trophy. Oh. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd run for a few there. If uh, you've got any nice. little favourite, I like ones, that. Let, let us know. 
and maybe contact your club. Would the Barcelona and Real Madrid, not derby, but rivalry, be called the the Figo? The Figo, that'd be Figo trophy. Weird trophy. So the champions of Portugal used to play the champions of Spain. That was the first Barcelona game ever watched. Was Peter Schmeichel's in goal for Sporting Lisbon? They had Clive and Saviola up front for Barcelona. Saviola, champion manager, beaut, wasn't it? What a what a team. Javier Saviola takes you back on it. Yeah, does. What a player. Okay, it's that time, Flav. Universal. Uh, no, no, that's not the bad bit. Right. Universal football right. truths. So I started this last week. Um, I like a little bit, don't I? I like little segments, don't I? The people podcasts. like it. So, yeah, it does seem to. Um, uh, we've got a few from you guys, so I'm going to read. I'm going to see how long the song goes, and we'll go through a few universal footballing truths. Mm. And feel free to pass uh, commentary on them as we go along. Go ahead. It's a creepy thing, though, these universal football trees. Can you turn it up? Okay, can you? So, the first one comes from Simeon5. Universal football truth is that Arsenal captains leave the club within a year after receiving <laughs> captaincy. Yeah, have you got the list? Uh, there were a few. So, uh, Fabregas. Fabregas, Van Persie, yep. Henri. Yep. Um, there was another one as well. Let me know. All right. So that is a universal football he also players, Tony Adams doesn't work but. Players that move north from Arsenal to either Manchester United or Manchester City Go on to win the league, Premier league. Yeah, yeah, yeah Footballing truths Spooky um, Bradley Holmes I had to mi- Hang on, that's a, that's, yeah. that's a bit for Ving So you blind your load No, um, football, so positive comment Football is in perpetual state of decline According to anyone <laughs> Over the age of thirty-eight. Yeah, absolutely. You get to an age. You get to an age of football when you're when you're in your teen. You're wide-eyed. You're excited about everything. <laughs> you're singing songs. You're starting songs. You get into your twenties and you start to withdraw somewhat. You know, drink becomes more of a and less of a kind of a problem. A problem. Or, you know, a way of of making you excited about football. And you become more philosophical. But you're still excited. You get into your thirties and then you're starting to get a little bit bitter. Uh, and then you're where, where I am, where it's in a perpetual state of decline. Yeah, we're well, not 38 yet, so you've gone early, have you? You've turned sour. I, I turned sour at about 27, but then I've right. got a propensity for these things. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> where is it? Every football fan believes we always do it the hard way. Every yeah. football fan yeah. believes that. It's yeah. universal football truth. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a few each goalkeeper ones, actually, it's quite big, isn't it? Um, Here's one, for, here's one for me, actually. Mine's not got, got nothing to do with goalkeepers. If you have a Jow Frazee on a Saturday night and play football on a Sunday morning, you will regret that curry. I had it this Sunday. It won't stop you doing it again, though. Did, you, that's a it, did you poo yourself on the pitch? Mate, no, I didn't, but I, it was, I felt very fragile. Very fragile. What, how, what, what would you have done should you, uh, in the unfortunate event of... Would you have White shorts, it? actually, as well. Wow. Dangerous. Dangerous time. Donna Lineker? Yeah. Just rubs it off. <laughs> rubs it off on the crust. <laughs> he was like a little dog. Oh, he was, wasn't he? That's disgusting. His legs went up in the air and oh, just dragged that's himself that's along. That's all you can do, really, right? I don't know. I don't want to be, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to concentrate on the game. If I wasn't like playing football and I knew there was a poo on the pit, <laughs> I'd be quick looking. Like, look, at, am I near the poo? How near am I to the poo? Imagine that, then. So, so for example, the opposite man, yeah. what, that your opposite man could stand by the poo, yeah. and psychologically, you've lost that already. You've lost that battle. Yeah, I'm done. I'll, I'll be like, take me off. I forget I can't, I can't cope with this There's a human poo on the pitch Like this is disgraceful <laughs> Wow And final two Goalkeepers with a team Goalkeepers for a team in the lead Post 75 minutes Cannot and will not Release a football Unless they've held it in their hands For at least Nine seconds 
So when I was growing up, I was always acutely aware of the opposing goalkeeper wasting time, holding yeah. on to it. Oh, it's sw- glaring, isn't it? Sw- sw- switching to the either side of the six-yard box to take place kicks. And it always, in my head, as I remember, we always scored against him eventually. Did you? Waste time there, you mug! <laughs> Waste time there! And uh, last oh, one. A football hooligan. <laughs> yeah. Last one this week, so let's know your universal footballing truths. We'll read them out next week. If the ball is played back to a goalkeeper, all players must and will give that person who uh, gives the ball back a gentle clap. Yeah. And, uh, another one of those, just an extension to that. Extension to that. Oh, is, well done, uh, mate. Well done. Is a nod back, a jumping nod back to the keeper or a flick on. From, flick on backwards from a centre back. Yeah. Rapturous applause oh, from incredible. home support. But it's not actually, it's a very simple skill to do. It is very simple. I don't know, simple pressure. No. See it go wrong. Simple. Have you? Really? Many times. Nah. And that was uh, Universal Football and Trace. Well done. Well done. We're, learning. We're learning. We're learning. Yeah, you with your stats and yeah. your numbers. Yeah. That Jal Frazee one. Never th- <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Put that you in your money. You haven't done anything wrong, but I'll give you another okay. question. Yeah, go for it. Right. Who replaced David Seaman as England's third choice goalkeeper in the 1990 World Cup squad after Seaman injured his thumb in training? That is tough. Tim Flowers? No, but you're. <laughs> What's you the question? Uh, who replaced David Seaman as England's third choice goalkeeper in the 1990 World Cup squad after Seaman was in, uh, injured? David Besson. What is wrong with you? Did you get it right? Mate, I am a trivia. If, have you read that before? No, no, I knew that. You were, you were <laughs> six years old. Oh, no, yeah, but you, you learn it later. I didn't learn it at, like, that six. time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, you, just, you watch documentaries and things. Right. I was going to say Nigel... Martin. Nigel Martin. Yeah. That would have been a good shout as well. He was, you know, he was so underrated and, and should have had a lot more caps. I thought Nigel Martin was incredible. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Martin was incredible. He was incredible. I thought he was amazing, an amazing he was, goalkeeper. I mean, amazing, incredible. I just don't know why they didn't win the Ballon d'Or, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't give it to goalkeepers, unfortunately. Well, they should. Palm got it. 2002. Hello. No, it's 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 Do you think that's an issue? Right. The players that aren't forwards can't win it. For example, issue. Right? <laughs> I mean, I think there's bigger things to worry about. The, the yeah. prime problem: Casemiro, the best defensive midfielder in world football right now, doesn't get in there. Sadio Mane, Coutinho get in. Edin Zeko gets in. Yeah, that's odd. Um, Casemiro didn't even get in the top thirty, did he? No. Which is madness. Only Ronaldo scored more goals in the knockout stage. Casemiro is better than, than Golo Kante. Yeah, of course. Why, of course? Because he's he's just he's just won back-to-back Champions Leagues, playing as a defensive midfielder for Real Madrid. In a v- for Real Madrid yeah but then again for Real Madrid so Rafa Benitez is Real Madrid struggled and, the, and Ancelotti's at the back end of it struggled because they didn't have a defensive midfielder Casemiro's just come in and he's been unbelievable mm. has he been sent off in the Champions League knockout stages given that he fouls about 25,000 times but would, would he have won the league with Getafe as Kante did with Leicester good point with Getafe yeah talking if we you know come on, roll it up to maybe Espanyol and we've got a yes Right, thank you for your cheat. <laughs> Which nine players have scored for six different Premier League clubs? <laughs> All right, give us three or four. Uh, Andy Cole. Yes. Um, Robbie Fowler. You know. Dwight York. Six different Premier League clubs. Six. six. Which nine players have scored for six? Give us three. Dwight York. They've played six different Premier League clubs. Uh, Dwight Anelka, York. Anelka. Anelka's Anelka, one. Yeah. It's the answer to nice. any trivia question. Andy Cole. <laughs> Nicholas Anelka. Ashley Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Can I think of the goal scoring players that have moved around a lot? Do you want me to give you more? Uh, give us a clue for what? Uh, he played for QPR. Oh, striker. Let's put it in there. 
Yes, well, it's oh, a cue for him. Sorry, sorry, good, sorry. Good work. Uh, Marcus Bent, Nick Bayer, Nick Barnby, Craig Bellamy, Darren Bent, oh, Craig Peter Bellamy. Crouch, Darren Robbie Bent Keane. That's so crap. It is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Anyway. Right, uh, it's that last bit of the show, but such an important one, Flav. I'll yeah. get it ready. Uh, you tee me up. Off you go, soldiers. I mean, we all uh, at times experience very difficult periods in our life, and uh, uh, and sometimes those those periods are around football. And football, by some, is considered a, a trivial thing, a, a, a pastime. But we all know it's much more than that. And sometimes other things in life pull us away from the thing that we love. And herein lies soldiers lost in battle. Take us away, James. Bradley Holmes. I had to miss the Merseyside derby because I had to buy my cousin a birthday present. I read the wrong date. His birthday wasn't till next month. <laughs> Jonathan T4. <laughs> I love how he writes. Soldiers lost in battle. He's written a letter. The date was the 10th of May 2014. The semi-finals of the League One playoffs. Preston North End versus Rotherham United. Deep down. Going into the break, 0-1 down, we were despondent, we'd played poorly, and the only way we could get back into the game would be some kind of miracle. I was at the game with my Japanese flatmate, and as he'd never been to a football match before, I told him to wait in his seat for half-time and take it all in. I'd get him his drink. Coca-Cola was his choice. The queue was long, the staff were rude. When I eventually got to the front, the second half had already started. Nothing ever happens at the start of the half, I thought. I heard the roars as we equalised. I was gutted. I'd missed the celebrations. All I could hope is that it was a tapping or a fluky goal. But no, it was that Preston North End goal, the goal. Joe Garner had scored the best goal that Deepdale has ever seen. And I had been paying £2.50 for a bottle of Coke for a Japanese bloke when it was going in. The goal is still on Sky Sports adverts to this day. I weep every time it's on. Time doesn't heal all wounds, only some. Bravo. That was a belter. Um, Marcus Gardner. My cricket club had a function at a local nightclub. Vodka Red Bulls on a special three, $3. I had 15 of the bastards and ended up in hospital, resulting in missing the last North London derby at White Hart Lane where Spurs won 2-0. I haven't touched a Red Bull since. Joe Cabiner. I was at a game, nothing was really happening. I decided five minutes before the break that I would go to the toilets. I wasn't the only one who thought this, so I got in line. Someone then came in to have a pee. The person, the person looked me dead in the eye as he entered the room, and I know he knew that he knew I was taking a poo. <laughs> I, I had finally become a victim of poo cue shame. Poo cue shame. For those that don't know, uh, this is something that James suffered <laughs> when he was at QPR. I didn't but... suffer it. Who was it? I spotted someone and he suffered it. Right, so James is on this thing. Just, just, just to recap, yeah. he's got this thing where he, he, at football, that there are some people that feel shame if they decide to have a poo. And his eyes connected with someone and they looked at him for a second and then put their eyes down because they knew that James knew that they were going to go for a poo. Yeah. And I said that isn't a real thing, but apparently poo... 
poo cue shame is a real thing. To explain, when you're when you're a man going to the football, there are a load of urinals there, but there will only be two cubicles. So there's a load of urinals there, and someone's in those two cubicles, and you're waiting for the cubicles. I know why you need that. And if I see you and we lock eyes, there's a moment, and you know, and I know that you're having a poo at the football, <laughs> and that's poo cue. <laughs> You've probably got to, you know, you've got to plan these things, right? <laughs> you've got to know you're going to be at the football for at least 90 minutes. minutes. You've got to take the risk at go, and you go at 30 minutes. And if you miss a goal, you miss a goal. Because you don't, the last thing you want is pizza. I don't You should be spending the whole week getting your body functioning. So when the three o'clock kick-off's there, you're three o'clock till six o'clock, you're sweet. Yeah, one word emodium. Uh, right, final thing before we uh, finish. We're going to do a couple of uh, talking points on um, the Fan League YouTube channel, uh, chatting about Kane or Lukaku, who will finish top goal scorer, and Fellaini. Is he any good? <laughs> and talk about that as well. Go subscribe to uh, Fan League's uh, YouTube page. And you can check out those. We're going to do a couple of bits with uh, the guests each week. Um, and also download the Fan League app, like we said before, so the you can play along with us. is in the description the below. The link is in the description. Or search on the App Store if you're listening to this on the iPod. Absolutely. Uh, Sven, I'm meeting Sven tomorrow. Yeah, it's, that, that's blown my mind. It's you know? right, it, you're getting on a plane to Malta to meet... To party with Sven. Sven Goran He's giving me the... He's giving me a call. He, I mean, we usually... He does voice notes. Yeah. And uh, he's like... He was like, James... You must come. Yeah. Is that <laughs> Possibly. Anyway, um, I'm meeting Sven, and he is a fan league uh, brand ambassador, yeah. like Jimmy A. Yeah. So I'll say, guys, a lot of things to talk about. We can chew the fat. Yeah. Uh, 8 out of 13, his average so far. Do you reckon when he looks on the app and he, he, he sees Sven Goran Eriksson, Ian McIntosh, respectful journalist, respected <laughs> journalist, and then James Alcott? Yeah. He like, just goes, Who is this James? So, who's this? Who's this James? <laughs> and then, yeah, a, a guy with a horse's head on called the Gaffer, the Gaffer who's supposed know. to know it all, and his, uh, his average is lower than all of us. Anyway, oh. because it's an app where you've got to predict the games, I thought just a very, very quick thing. Let us know in the comments, and I'll see if I can ask him. Keep an eye on our Instagram stories. I'll see if we can do a quick Instagram story with Sven, and I'm asking these three questions. We'll give our answers right now. What is Sven's favourite colour? Because he's managed every team, every colour, is not he? I would say light blue, Lazio. Sky blue, blue, yeah. You think, yeah, really? Both yeah. for sky blue? Actually, I'm going to go darker blue. Really? Yeah. So oh, you want to go sky, I'll go like a little bit more of a blue. few shades north. I think he's a passionate guy. I think, I think it's a hot red. Yeah, <laughs> like a red wine, <laughs> red, like a mulberry. Yeah. Passionate yeah. Like guy. A mulberry. It's yeah. got to be a pink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is Sven's favourite band or singer? Or Black, more Black sure. Sabbath. Do you, think he, yeah. do you think he's like so calm all the time and then he just gets in... Locks his room. Megadeth. <laughs> Megadeth. Woof. And then what used to be his hair there, just a little bit of yeah. head banging. Give it some. Not an ABBA fan, that's your obvious one, isn't Foo it? Fighters. He's yeah. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, think just what, I don't want to be your monkey <laughs> red. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Luther Vandross. <laughs> don't know why. And what is Sven's favourite food? Meatballs. Yeah. Ikea meatballs. Yeah, it's got to be spaghetti, Great right? Yeah. <laughs> Great Love. values. Great value there. Yeah, I can't recommend Ikea meatballs enough. I feel like I'm stereotyping him a little bit. Anyway. Well, I just... Uh, I do with the meatballs. Yeah. That, was my, that was my fault. Tinned meatballs. I'm rambling. Um, that's one for the weekend. Stat Man Dave, thank you so much, mate, for coming in. It was brilliant. Cheers, so, your score prediction? For the United game, 1-0 mm. United. One United. It's going to be well boring. Okay. How is it? Lovely. I, I think That's this is going to be an absolute ding-dong. After the disaster of Red Monday, this is going to be a perler of a game. Okay. Probably won't be watching it. But. They're not. It's busy. Uh, no, where I, can people find you, mate? 
YouTube, Statman Dave, just search it. On Google as well, Twitter, Facebook, all that type of thing. Usual deal. Go and uh, check out Statman Dave. Uh, if it's the first time you've ever heard the man talk, he knows his stuff. Doesn't and his mean. videos are fantastic, so go and check them out. Uh, if uh, you haven't subscribed to Wall Street yet, do it right now. Thank you. That's very kind of you. If you enjoyed this video, hit that like button. Get your comments in. Get your universal football truths in. Get your soldiers lost in battle. We want some of the saddest stories. We love to read them out each week. So make sure you get them in. And as you saw this week, we will read them out. And we will see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.